What up, guys? Your boy Quake back with a brand new episode of the Diverse Mentality Podcast, number 252, and officially the last episode of 2023 because I made the decision that on New Year's or New Year's Eve, which is the Sunday that I record the episodes and then release them on Monday, I will not be recording that day. Uh, you know, I usually spend those days with my family, and, uh, you know, that day is just doesn't make it really much sense. Honestly, I think I'm going to change the schedule for season four. At the end, I'm probably going to skip the whole Christmas because right now there really isn't much news that I'm going to be talking about on this podcast because just the holiday week, there really isn't much going on. And I can see why a lot of people take off these days because uh, in terms of headlines and news, there's not really much going on. So I think next for season four, towards the end of that, I'm probably going to stop like before Christmas starts and then take off like two weeks after New Year's and all that, and then kind of come back to a regular schedule. But for now, uh, I am not doing the New Year's episode, so this upcoming episode that drops, not this one that you guys listen to, but the one that drops upcoming on New Year's Day, January 1st, which is a Monday, there will be no new episode. However, on Thursday, Thursday's episode, there will be a new episode, and that will be the official final episode of Season 3, that will be me breaking down my whole top 10 lists of everything, top 10 songs, top 10 albums, top 10 artists, and my predictions for, uh, you know, 2024 when it comes to music. And then I'm going to take probably, depending on the news cycle, if something news crazy in the news happens, then I will come back immediately. But I'm going to take like a two-week hiatus. I want to go over a bunch of numbers. I want to see how the podcast has performed this year. Uh, we've done really well this year, but I want to go over that. And then I'm going to, you know, when I record that episode, the final episode of season three, I will tell you guys the return date, the scheduled return date. And it's only going to be max two weeks if I decide to do the full two weeks. Now, if something comes out news like Diddy gets arrested for the murder of Tupac, some crazy shit like that, just throwing shit out there, um, then I will eventually, I will exactly, I'll come back like immediately. I don't know why I say it eventually exactly. And then I will come back immediately and record and start. Uh, so... If in those two weeks nothing really major happens, then I'm chilling. I gotta, you know, get the numbers right on this podcast, get a lot of things behind the scenes. We gotta reschedule a few things and kind of tighten up a little things and do a different plan for 2024 so we can grow even bigger. And uh, yeah, then you guys will, you know, we'll start 2000 uh, season four in 2024, which is great because you know season four 2024 and then 2025 season five. So you know it's it's nice. I like those numbers that are matching like that. So. We'll do season four and then, you know, I, you know, we'll do the regular schedule and hopefully get some artists. Uh, I know I, I planned that for season three, but uh, just been busy and haven't really had, uh, I guess, the kind of the will to go after and do interviews. I'm not, I don't know. I have moments where I want to do them and I have moments where I just, I like doing this new cycles and I like working on my documentaries. Um, so I don't know. We'll see because I have moments where I want to do the interviews and I don't and then. You know, and some artists say they're going to come, they don't, and just stuff like that. So we'll see. Uh, we'll figure that out. But let's get into the news cycle. There isn't much, but I'm going to go over a few things that I found interesting that I think you guys, you know, would like to hear about. Kanye West. Uh, Kanye West has officially released an apology to the Jewish community for his anti-Semitic comments. And uh, let's go over the article. Kanye West has apologized to the Jewish community for his many previous anti-Semitic remarks that have caused pain to a lot of people over the past year. In the early hours of Tuesday, December 26th morning, Yeezy took 
to his recently reactivated Instagram account to post an apology written in Hebrew. Uh, West promised, <clears throat> sorry, <clears throat> West promised that he is committed to making amends with the Jewish community. He said this, I translated because it's in Hebrew. Translated, he said, I sincerely apologize to the Jewish community for any unintended outburst caused by my words or actions. The apology reads in English. It was not my intention to hurt or demean, and I deeply regret my any pain I have caused. I am committed to starting with, uh, with myself and learning from this experience to ensure greater sensitivity and understanding more in the future. Your forgiveness is important to me, and I am committed to making amends and promoting unity. While some in the comments appreciated Kanye's olive branch towards the Jewish community, Hot 97's Peter Rosenberg continued to be critical of Ye. Uh, should I not, he said, should I not mention that typing this apology in Hebrew in and of itself is sort of oddly anti-Semitic? He wrote, I guess not. Let's roll with it. How the, whoa, 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 whoa. How is writing this apology in Hebrew anti-Semitic? What the fuck is Peter Rosenberg even talking about? He said, should I not mention that typing this apology in Hebrew in of itself is still sort of oddly anti-Semitic? What? Michael Rappaport suggested that West take a trip himself, take a trip to Israel himself, commenting, start by going to Israel immediately and speak to the families of hostage and witness to devastation with your own eyes. First of all, Michael Rappaport is mad annoying. He just be talking, talking, talking about shit that... 90% of the shit he's talking about makes no sense at all. Peter Rosenberg's comment makes no... I feel like anything that you say that is critical of the Jewish community immediately is anti-Semitic. And I disagree with that, guys. I have Jewish friends. I have all kinds of... I'm Muslim myself. Religious friends from all walks of the earth. And the Jewish friends that I speak to that are... You know, that I've known for quite some time they don't take a lot of this stuff like this anti-Semitic stuff to the level, to the extent that it's being taking the average Jewish person does not see it that way. Sorry. I just had to shut off the heater. So I'm back to what I was saying. Uh, I think the media kind of makes it bigger than what it is. Now, is there Jewish hate in certain places and certain people and stuff like that? Yes. There's hate in every type of religions that people, some people just hate religious, religious people. Some people just hate specific religions, all of it is, I disagree with, I, you know, I think peace for everybody is what's needed. I don't, I don't, I've never saw somebody and been like, oh, I don't like this person because they're this religion or this color or this, that. It just makes no fucking sense to me at the end of the day because there are bad people in every religion. There are bad people in every race and every culture, everything. And then there are good people in everyone. Anyways, that's a whole different situation. But the Peter Rosenberg comment just made no fucking sense. I feel like everything that you say that has anything, any type of little, little critique of the Jewish community immediately is anti-Semitic. It's like, come on, guys. Like that Peter Rosenberg comment, should I not, he said this, should I not mention that typing this apology in Hebrew in of itself is sort of oddly anti-Semitic? That makes no sense. In what world does that comment make sense at all? That is just utterly if i could talk to peter rosenberg i'd be like you're a fucking moron that comment makes no sense how is kanye writing in hebrew so that more jewish people can understand it anti-semitic in any way that makes absolutely no sense yeah that just that just ticked me off because it's like what the fuck like at this point 
might as well just kind of not apologize at all. Because at this point, it's like, what the hell is the top comment? Is he speaking in Playboy Cardi? That's hilarious. Um, <laughs> guys, like I just translated, he's dropping vultures Friday. Um, yeah, it's funny because some of this stuff is, uh, some of the comments are hilarious, but, um, you know, shout out to Kanye, man, for reflecting, knowing that, you know, he probably took it too far on a lot of things and said things that, you know, was too far. Um, and for him to, to, to backtrack on that, apologize, you know, uh, big ups to him, man. I hope, uh, the album kind of has inclusion for everybody because at the end of the day, man, I know this Israel and Palestine war has been going on for so long. At the end of the day, man, people just want peace and to live in peace and harmony. Um, you know, hopefully that whole war can, can come to a conclusion where, you know, both parties are happy and we have peace because there's a bunch of violence in the world going on all over the place. Congo is having their own issues. Uh, hell, even my country I was born in is having tensions with Serbia now again. You know, it, it's, you know, I just wish for peace for everybody, man. I, uh, you know, this, a lot of this stuff, I don't know the full history of a lot of these things. So I try not to speak 100% on these things because it's like I need to be well more educated on a lot of different things. And, you know, I speak here and there about things. And I do think, um, you know, without getting into too much politics and stuff, I think uh, America's stance is a little too aggressive on one side. And I think they need to be more, but, you know, it's it's something else. I think America, you know, has its own own flaws and stuff. But I love I love America for what it is. I love, you know, everything that's going on in America here and there. There's some good things, positive, negatives here and there. But America as a whole and what it stands for, I love. You know, it's the fact that you can come to this country, be something, and uh, you know, uh, become something that's big. You know, uh, or anything that you want to be, basically. And uh, in other places, that's not the case. So. You know, all of it's, I wish I could just wave a wand and solve all these problems. Honestly, there's times where I just, I'm like, damn, I feel bad for a lot of these, you know, a lot of things going on in the world. And I feel bad and I'm like, fuck, man. And I feel guilt for, you know, this is the Kendrick Lamar thing that Kendrick said about uh, when he gained success. He said, I'm seeing all my homies in like Compton struggling. I'm over here in a multi-million dollar mansion and having all these things. And I feel guilt for having all these nice things. And then there are people, you know, struggling. And. I have moments like that where I'm like, damn, like, you know, just buying my dream car. It's like the amount of money I spent on that car. And you got people over here struggling, getting killed in wars. I mean, I came from that. I came from a war torn country myself. So, you know, I understand that huge dynamic in life, but life's just not fair in general, man. It's not fair. I just read a story about, uh, this, this young couple on Christmas day, uh, they wanted to, they drove to their parents' house to announce that, you know, she's pregnant. And while, you know, they're on their way, they get killed in a car crash. You know, it's unfortunate. Both dead. Baby's gone while she's pregnant. Baby's gone. She's gone. He's gone. Boom. Just like that. And her last post was me and you forever. And there's like photos of them two, you know, hugging, kissing, whatever. Um, and it's like, that's life, man. It's not fair. It is not fair. It's not, you know, peaches and creams and, you know, whatever the hell else, teddy bears and rainbows and lucky charms, whatever the fuck. I don't know what else to throw out there. That's all pleasant. But that's just life, man. Uh, you know, there's good, bad, there's evil, there's there's everything. There's everything out here. Um, just try try your best to be a good person. and Be as good as you can. Be as honest. You know, be humble. Um, 
and, you know, do your best. That's all you can do as much. You know, I, I try to help as much as I can, you know, my ways that I can. Um, but I'm one person, you know, and I think if everybody, but that mentality, don't think that just because you're one person, you can't make a difference because that mentality will never get us anywhere. We all contribute bit by bit. And that's how we can get something big. It's like somebody just think about this. Like imagine if, if, if one person just donated a dollar, that ain't much, that ain't going to change much. But imagine if a hundred thousand people donate a dollar, there you go. You have a hundred thousand dollars. That's the kind of mentality that we need to think when we're doing good in this world is there's other people that do good in the world and they do better things. So anyways, I'm going on this whole rant, but shout out to Kanye for apologizing. I think that's a good, that's a step in the right direction. Um, and yeah, we'll keep our eye on this, see what happens. I think a lot of people are kind of criticizing him too and saying he's only saying this because he's dropping an album. And he doesn't want to block off a certain audience and he's having issues with labels, trying to release albums, whatever the case may be. I don't know. All I know is he apologized. If it's sincere, if it's sincere, we'll see as time goes on. But uh, yeah, interesting. Kevin Hart. This I want to talk about because it's fake information. I love that this happened. This has nothing really to do with hip-hop. It kind of does, a little tie into it. But Kevin Hart files extortion lawsuit against gossip YouTuber Tasha K. Tasha K, the woman that I talk about on here that spreads false information that is a horrible human being. She is apparently extorting Kevin Hart to release information about him that he doesn't want out or some shit like that. So let's go over our article. Uh, Kevin Hart is... Suing controversial YouTuber Tasha K for extortion after the gossiper threatened to post an interview with an actor comedian's former assistant. With the actor comedian's former assistant. According to page six, an accused affiliate, uh, Tasha K, Neely Latasha Kebe, allegedly demanded a ransom of 250000 to refrain from sharing the interview with Misha Shakes, whom Kebe spoke with in November. The individual warned that the information that Shakes shared during the chat was about his business dealings and marriage to his current wife, current wife and Nico Hart, both of which would be damaging to his reputation. Kebe also shared a 13-minute teaser to the bombshell interview where, at the 10-minute mark, Shakes said it was time for Hollywood to hear the story, especially because a lot of people are locked in non-disclosures and they're not able to talk and protect themselves, she added. He, uh, Hart reportedly contacted authorities and issued Kebe a cease and desist, claiming that Shakes signed a non-disclosure agreement and a confidentiality agreement while employed by the Mies Time Star. On December 22nd, the interview was made available on Kebe's subscription-based website. Uh, Shakes, who is also being sued for extortion, invasion of privacy, breach of contract, and defamation, accused Hart of being a habitual cheater and having a gambling addiction. Legal representations for Hart also referenced Kebe uh, defam defamatory and otherwise improper content, content regarding celebrities and other high-profile individuals like Cardi B, who she's required to pay a $4 million settlement uh, to the Bongos artists and sued Kebe in 2019 for defamation. So Kebe is Tasha K. Um, she filed for bankruptcy, of course, Tasha K, after losing the case, but a judge ruled that she'd still have to pay the settlement. So she's getting sued again. And who knows how true this is, you know, because if, let's just say the woman's telling the truth. If she signed an NDA, she can't say anything. That's just the reality of the situation, no matter how good, bad, whatever it is. 
Uh, when you sign an NDA, it's over. You can't say anything. If you say anything, you can get sued and you can get lots and lots of damages. Anyways, Tasha K, I'm just, the whole reason I'm even talking about this is because Tasha K, at this point, anybody who supports her is evil. I'm Yes, I'm going that far with this because how can you support someone that not only lies to you, but tries to destroy other people's lives through their show or whatever the fuck they're doing? How can you support that? That's just evil, disgusting behavior. She does not deserve, like, YouTube should literally kick her off the platform. And I know it's a wild take because that is kind of taking it, I think, in my, um, it is a little taking it too far, but if she's constantly spreading misinformation, like, why doesn't YouTube just nuke that whole channel? Because you're just spreading misinformation. That's what should have happened. When she lost the Cardi B, she should have lost her privileges to get monetized on YouTube. That's what should have happened. Because Alex Jones gets banned, and he spews all kinds of stuff. Some true, some false, but still. He got banned, so where's the standard? Why isn't Tosh K getting attacked for the same type of stuff? If she's spewing all this fake information and stuff. And she got sued and lost. Just like Alex Jones lost the Sandy Hook situation when he talked about a bunch of this Sandy Hook, about the shooting and saying it was fake. Uh, if you don't know who Alex Jones is, to break it down, he's uh, he's been someone who's kind of always spoke on conspiracy type theories and some of them quite frankly become true in their own right. But, uh, you know, he talked about the school shooting Sandy Hook a while ago. Uh, turns out that, you know, he was saying things like it was acting, it was fake, it was set up, got sued, lost because clearly it wasn't fake. It wasn't acted. It wasn't set up. It was a real shooting that happened. Duh. Like anybody with a brain could see that. But, um, he lost that and, you know, he's been deplatformed from a lot of platforms for a while. And Tosh K should get the same type of treatment. Any, I'm tired of all these YouTube channels. I see so many YouTube channels with fake clickbait. I mean, I clickbait a little bit. I'm not going to lie. There's some times where I think this recent Diddy and 50 video, I did a Diddy and 50 video where I said, uh, Diddy responds to 50 Cent in a statement. Uh, something, something along the lines of the title. Now, Diddy wasn't directly responding to 50, but he did release a statement responding to everything that's going on. I just kind of put a blanket over and said, hey, he's responding to everybody. But in the title, I kind of made it seem like Diddy was responding directly to 50. That is a little clickbaity. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, that's a little. But it still has the truth in there. Diddy did respond at the end of the day to all the allegations. And 50 is part of that where he jumps in and, you know, throws in all these allegations and stuff. He throws it in. He's, he's a part of that. So I just kind of threw 50 in there because I knew it would be a little bit more interesting for people. And I've done that a little bit with videos here and there. But at the end of the day, it's... For the most part, the video is what it is. It's exactly what the title says. It's just not 100%, you know, like, did he directly respond to 50 and tagging him? Did he did respond? He just responded to everybody at once with a statement. So I've done a little clickbait, but some of these pages do insane clickbait. We're talking fake crying, like, faces on the thumbnails, fake stories, Oh, Suge Knight catches Diddy in a bathroom and the title says something like that and beats him up. And then like, you'll see Diddy in the bathroom on the toilet, like crying and Suge Knight in the photo, like throwing a punch or something weird, like shit like that. There's just never happened. Not even close. And when you play the video, cause I sometimes I'm curious. I'm just like this. I know it's fake cause it's never happened, but I click on the video just to see, right? Like how could you make this video? Like, cause it's not real. What do you say in this video? 
and the fucking topic has nothing to do. Like they just, they get you. It's interesting. These channels, they get you, they get the audience to think about something totally different versus what the title is. And you'll see in the comments, people won't even say it's clickbait. They'll just like respond to the video of what it actually, like what, what the video is talking about. They won't respond to the title. Or maybe all the comments get deleted by the uploader uh, saying that this is clickbait, it's clickbait. Because they saw, people saw that, then they wouldn't watch it. So maybe that's what's happening. But the video has like nothing to do with the situation. I see that so many times. I feel like those type of channels should get banned as well. Because those channels provide nothing. All they do is spam and they try to get clickbait views and that's it. Now, if you do a little clickbait here and there, I understand that. That's that that you know that's smart marketing. You know, every 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 page has some type of clickbait here and there. There always is. That's just smart marketing. That's just you know the, the, the way you do things. But if your whole channel is built on that, if I did, imagine if I did a versus video, right? And in the versus title it said Eminem versus you know um, Michael Jackson. Let's say I did that title, which I did. And in the video, I just mentioned uh, Eminem dancing like Michael Jackson. And then I say, oh, and I talk about a different beef that Eminem had, like Eminem versus Mariah Carey. Like it just goes on to something totally different. Like that's click, that makes no sense. Or I just do a makeup beef. I say Drake versus, uh, I don't know, who's somebody that, Drake versus Taylor Swift. They're beefing. And I make a video on that. Oh, there's beef. Like that's never happened, never existed. It's fake. It's clickbait. So, yeah, all that all that to say is I'm glad Kevin Hart is suing. I hope more celebrities sue. And I want to talk about another story that happened that out of nowhere came. This is a random TikToker said this, and it spread like wildfire. This is the problem in today's social media world is people give credit to random fucking people that have never had any legitimate sources for anything. And I don't know how these people blow up. Like, I don't know who spews this, who shares this with no proof. Like, how do we get in this situation where people are going viral off of completely fake things? Like, you'll see images on Twitter, just be an image and a random title saying, oh, you know, I've used this example quite a few times. Like, when Nipsey died, uh, they said Jay-Z and Beyonce donated to Nipsey Hussle $4 million to help his kids. You know how disrespectful? That never happened, by the way. That's the first thing. And it's just a random photo with a title saying that. There's no proof, no source, no nothing. It's one, fake as fuck. It's not real, never happened. Two, it's disrespectful to Nipsey and his family because Nipsey worked hard. He had enough money to take care of his kids. That's the reality situation. So not only is this disrespectful to Nipsey's family, it's, it's fake as fuck. It's a fake news title. It never happened. And people spread, spread, you know, share it. Say, oh my God, Jay-Z and Beyonce are so amazing. You know, it's like, it's weird. It's, it's fake. Don't fall for this shit, please, guys. Um, if I ever share anything that's false, fake, I will correct myself. But I make sure 99% of the time I'm right. There's going to be that 1% where it slips and I fuck up. It happens. Everybody, that, you should never critique people for that if they slip up here and there. That happens. But if it's constantly happened, one, it's not your job. Quit because you're clearly not good at this shit because you keep fucking up and spewing fake information. And two, make sure you do your due diligence before you do anything. Speaking of the TikTok social media thing, TD Jakes by a random TikToker got accused of having weird parties with Diddy, sex parties by a random TikToker with no, no source, no proof, no nothing. 
this lady went on TikTok and spewed up this fake story with no information. And it it spread like wildfire. So let's go over the article. Uh, Bishop T.D. Jakes appears to have responded to the unsubstained speculation about his ties to Diddy. During a recent service at his church that was streamed on YouTube, Jakes used his sermon to seemingly clear the air over the allegations, which he deemed completely false. Last week's Jakes became the subject of an unverified report on social media stating he was gay and that he frequented Diddy's alleged sex parties while also engaging in some wild activities, such as having sex with multiple men. However, Jakes wanted to put all the rumors to bed while revealing there will be a time to come to properly address everything directly. He should sue the living shit out of that lady immediately, T.D. Jakes. Sue, I know you're a pastor, you're, you're a man of God, and everybody makes mistakes, but fuck that, T.D. Jakes. Sue the living shit out of her because I'm tired of this stuff, and people need to get repercussions for this. That's the reality because it doesn't serve any good purpose. It accuses people of fake stories, Fake people, people start to believe fake things. People get mad at people for no reason when it's not even true. We start to believe all these fake ass stories. It spreads misinformation and it just gets worse and worse. Uh, That's what TD Jake said. I didn't come to convince you or nobody because I know who I am. An emotional Jake said, this is not what this is about. You can think about whatever you want to think. I came to do my job. I came to, uh, I came prothesis as I was commanded I came to hear the master say, well done, thou and faithful servant. Jakes added, I will not use the sacred day at the sacred pulpit to address a lie when I have a chance to preach the truth. Amen. I will not address, uh, I will not use the sacred day to address a lie when I have a chance to preach the truth. Yeah. Uh, the recent claims uh, circulating on pocket social media about TD Jakes are unequivocally false and baseless. Jordan, uh, executive Director of Public Relations and Communications for TD Jakes said. So I would play the TikTok, but here's the crazy thing about this is after she posted that TikTok, spread like wildfire, she then posted like a follow up TikTok, laughing and being surprised that everybody took it serious. And she's like excited that TD Jakes responded and all this stuff. That's how you know she was just looking for clout. And the fact that this this lady even got this far, like, I'm just genuine. Who shared this bullshit? Like, with no source. Do people not understand sources anymore? Like, are people that dumb nowadays? That you, like, if you guys read anything, I'm telling you guys, please look at the source. Make sure it's a reliable source. Don't just read whatever and fall for it. I'm speaking to you guys listening and watching because this is very important. Not only for us in general, just to know correct information, but for the whole foundation of news reporting and stuff. Because imagine if I just started spewing lies to you guys about random shit with no source. You guys would never, you guys should never listen to me ever again if I start doing that because that's bullshit. You guys deserve better than that. You guys deserve reliable sources. Um, this type of stuff just pisses me off though. Anyways, I just wanted to talk about that because talking about Tasha K and her her kind of story, yeah, uh, crazy. We'll keep our eye on this, and I hope T.D. Jakes sues that woman. She deserves a lawsuit. There needs to be repercussions for this. No matter if you're rich, poor, I don't care. Repercussions is how you prevent things like this from continuing and keep happening. But yeah, we'll keep our eye out.
Weezy F, baby, and the F is Feliz Navidad. Anyways, uh, yeah, Lil Wayne, Weezy F, baby. Uh, he said something that was really interesting that I wanted to talk about because, honestly, I could potentially see him being the one of the only ones that fits this category. So let's go over what he's talking about. Lil Wayne has compared himself to the NBA icon LeBron James pointing out more similarities between their careers than just talent. In an interview with Bleacher Report, Wheezy was asked to define himself in terms of an NBA star who has become known for a particular speciality. The former Cash Money Child star responded by breaking down exactly what puts him in the same lane as, with the same lane as LeBron James. Uh, this is what he said. Let's play the clip. What are you in the rap game? What do you do the best? me i do me the best um i would say i would say that i'm uh like a lebron you know the phenom i started i dropped my first solo album when i was 14 and that's the same album i'm talking about that went platinum so the phenom that came out and i, I stuck some that came out mm. And I've been doing this at this pace of higher ever since, just mm -hmm. like him. Mm -hmm. And you kind of still right now today is kind of like, it's so crazy that you remember Tom Brady was, remember every year was still, even though he was winning the Super Bowl and all that, it still was, is this the year he going to retire? Is mm -hmm. this the year he going to retire? We don't even say that, because like, we don't want you to retire. Yeah, bro. we want you to stay forever. Yeah, that's what mm -hmm. I'm saying. So I, I kind of look at that as when people ask me like, when the Carter Six coming out, I'm like, God damn it, that's six of them, and they still want it, and that's how I look at that, you know. So, I am so happy that you explained it in that way because I had this thought today that I feel like people don't realize that you were one of the first like young stars that actually became a superstar, mm -hmm. that you have done this your whole life. Mm -hmm. And I think about LeBron, I think about Serena, mm -hmm. and the ways that you all met the expectation, but then exceeded the expectation. Mm -hmm. And it is very rare to become the person that you're supposed to become. Mm -hmm. Do you ever sit and think about that? Definitely, because being that person you was talking about, you that you in your head, you can only imagine what the what the person you set to be. I don't think we ever, you know, even if we do get to that person, we automatically set another person. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So I think that's and that's the reason why I still work the way I work every day. And, yeah. And also from coming from so young back then, I think the longevity thing was the approach, you know, because we knew not to approach it that way, you know, because I was literally the same age and stuff as Lil Bow Wow and Lil Romeo and stuff, you know, like mm -hmm. I had shows and we would have, I would, but I'm not about to get on here and talk about what they talk about. I'm going to talk about what's real to me. Mm -hmm. And that's, it was already adult conversation, yeah. you know, and so it already made me, that's my long meaning. I, so therefore, if I'm starting off here and I'm only 14, I can, I got time to make it to an adult actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah 100%. Just, start meaning what I say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I agree with majority of this because the only thing I don't, you know, so I agree with the longevity aspect. I think Lil Wayne still amazes people with verses. He's dropped verses this year that even on social media made people say, whoa, like Wayne just keeps getting better and better. 
and LeBron right now in his career at year 21, age 38, 39, whatever he's going on, age 40 right now at this point, is still doing as good, if not better, than he was when he was younger. So I understand that longevity aspect. One thing that I do disagree with, though, is he said, you know, when LeBron first came, you know, it was all this hype, and then when I came, his first platinum album, there wasn't a lot of hype when Lil Wayne first dropped. Let's let's get that out the way. That is not the same comparison. LeBron was literally named like the the chosen one and was 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 hyped as this guy that's going to be the greatest of all time. He lived up to all that hype. Same with Lil Wayne, you know, but he wasn't hyped like Lil Wayne out the gate didn't have a buzz. So when I think about LeBron and I think about that crazy buzz out the gate, I think of Drake. Drake had this crazy buzz out the gate, dropped first album, has continued and continuously dominated throughout all these years. I can compare Drake more to LeBron than I can compare, um, you know, Lil Wayne to LeBron. I, I can compare Kobe to Lil Wayne more because Kobe didn't even start out as a starter initially. And he didn't have this insane buzz, you know, that was going on. But Kobe was a great player starting out. But then eventually he got to this point where he turned into what he, the greatness that he is. And I think that, that, that follows more of Wayne's path. Because Kobe down the line, you know, started to slowly fall off. Wayne slowly start, started to fall off as well. LeBron's still at the top and started with a huge buzz. And that's Drake right now. Still at the top, started with huge buzz. I think Drake and LeBron match more. Kobe and Lil Wayne. I love talking about basketball and music, as you can tell. So Kobe and Lil Wayne match a little bit more. Um, but he's right, man. People still asking for new albums for Lil Wayne. I don't have as much interest. I do think a lot of the verses he's dropped this year, he killed, which is going to be featured on one of my lists as well because Wayne Wayne has that ability to still deliver insane verses, which is hard to do after all these years of rapping and putting words together. It's very hard to do. So I would say, yeah, I would say Drake is the little LeBron James. I would give Drake LeBron James because their career paths make sense. When people expected Drake to fall off, he didn't. When people expected LeBron to fall off, he didn't. They're still at the top of their game. You know, don't look at championship. I know people are going to say, oh, he hasn't won a championship and he won this bubble ring championship and LeBron's. Just look at the stats, the, the statistics. He's dropping higher field goal percentages right now in his career than he did when he was an MVP in 2008. And he's way older. You know, there are moments where they're like, yo, he's going to slow down. He's going to fall off. He's not going to average 20 points anymore. He's going to average 15. He's going to be slow. He's going to have a low, low field goal. He's not going to be able to shoot. He's not going to be able to move. Yeah, on defense, he ain't what he used to be. But, I mean, he's old in terms of NBA terms. He's not really that old in real life, like like in regular life terms. Um so, yeah, interesting, man. I just like that Lil Wayne looks at himself like that. It's really dope, really cool of him to say, too. Great comparison, but I think he fits more of the Kobe. And plus, he has that song, Kobe on my shirt, too far, I'm the greatest, I'm the greatest. Whatever that song is, I forget the fucking title of it, but he's shouting out to Kobe. That song is all over 2K24, by the way. That song constantly plays. I'm the greatest on the earth, and he's the greatest on the coat. Some shit like that, we he's here, baby. This, I want to talk about this. This is... um. I was trying to think of like how to how to kind of introduce this um, introduce this this debate. Let's just say that not really a debate, but this was something that that, that caught headlines all over social media, and I wanted to talk about it. So, Doctor, I'm not even why I call him Doctor. I don't think he even is a doctor. I'm just going to call him this Doctor Omar Johnson. 
uh, said something that that caused waves in hip hop about Eminem. As usual, Eminem gets brought up in random fucking conversations that got nothing to do with him, and he gets attacked. This is Lowen's. I mean, this is Eminem's career for the past ten years. I want to say, in terms of like, you know, social media and shit, he just randomly gets brought up and gets attacked. So let's go over the article. Eminem's place among the all-time grapes, greats, grapes, greats in a pre- Why can I talk right now? In a predominantly black culture, continues to be challenged. This time by controversial activist and motivational speaker Dr. Omar. Clips from an upcoming episode of the Joe Budden podcast featuring the internet personality have been making the rounds online among which is a race-centered critique of Detroit rappers' status in hip-hop. I'll play the clip for you guys. Not going to speak more on the article. Not going to say anything. Just going to play the clip for you guys. You don't think Eminem is one of the best rappers of all time? According to who? You. Rap fans. Let me say something to you. And this is going to my African fundamentalism. No non-African can ever be the best of anything African. It is an insult to the ancestors, it is an insult to the race, and it is an insult to every black person. Do you think I could go to Palestine and be the best anything of Palestinian culture? You never see that. You think I could go to go to Israel and be the best of anything in Israel, whether it be a cook, an instrumentalist, a dancer? Hell no. And we have to stop yeah, but naming non-African people, just, Joe. But I disagree. Stay with me, though. Let me finish this. We got to stop naming non-African people as being the best of any aspect of our cultural product Joe, I think you because can. it is an insult. You can. It is an insult. We can acknowledge that the talent is the best. Yes, but, I can but, acknowledge but, Eminem's but title. We should, he's, but let me tell you. Go ahead. What, what, for you to put I him mean. at the top, I, that's, I, that's white supremacy. That's white supremacy. What's white culture? I don't see Eminem building no schools and hospitals. I don't see DJ Khaled building no schools and hospitals. I don't see DJ Vlad building no damn bets in supermarkets. Yo, I'm asking Vlad. This thing is, uh, first off, he, Dr. Omar is, is a, he knows how to get people talk and he knows how to get himself turned to a meme. Um, I don't take a lot what he says serious. A lot of the stuff he says is baseless. And quite frankly, a lot of it is direct and just stupid. You know, like a lot of what he says. Now, there are some things that he says that here's the thing though, with anybody. And I say this with anybody, including me and anybody else in the media world or in the whatever interviews, whatever that you, you see speaking any celebrity, any, not that I consider myself a celebrity or any of that. I'm just saying like anybody that you hear speak on things that you listen to and watch do you, you should not agree with them a hundred percent with anybody. Never. You should always have things that you do not agree with, with that person. If you agree with somebody a hundred percent, that is not healthy. I say that to say there are some things that Dr. Amar says that I've watched interviews from that I agree with. There's been quite a few things here and there. I can't think off the top of my head, but there's a lot of things that he said that I was like, okay, that makes sense. I agree with that, that this should happen. But this makes no sense, and here's why. There's been quite a few examples on social media. One is Tiger Woods, right? Black and a predominantly white sport, golf, white sport. He's hailed as one of the best. That's like one of the examples. My example that I think is the best and the most interesting is Gordon Ramsay. He is considered by, I would say, most of the world, the best chef, to, chef in the world. He's at least the most recognized chef 
chef. Why am I saying chef? She's today. I cannot speak. I apologize, guys. The most recognized chef in the world. On top of that, he is super talented. He knows every culture of food. Trust me, I, I am a Gordon Ramsay fanatic. That's a fact you don't know about me. I've seen every TV show, every program. I've watched every interview. I've damn near read every book. This guy knows every culture and their food. And I bet you if he went to certain cultures, they would call him the best at that. Regardless of him being white from the UK, not of that culture, they would call him that. And he's been called that by a lot of different places from different cultures because he's just that good. It's got nothing to do with white skin. It's got nothing to do with culture. It's got nothing to do with any of that shit. Eminem, if you don't consider him the best, he's at least top five. He should be in your guy in anybody's list because he's done that much. And Dr. Omar mentions, oh, why is he building a school? He's not helping the community. So if he started doing that, all of a sudden he's, 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 you know, he's, he's, he's the goat. Is that what he has to do to be the goat? That makes absolutely no sense. And then Omar mentioned something about uh, Kobe Bryant's wife, uh, Vanessa, not donating Kobe, Kobe's money to black communities. Like, what the fuck is Omar talking about? This guy is completely lost his mind in this stuff. Like, who are you to speak on somebody else's money and what they should do with it? Mind you, Omar is somebody that accepted donations from random people and promised he would build a school and has never delivered on that. And he has so many other things in his personal life that are wrong, but I'm not here to attack people's personal lives because that's not anybody with respect shouldn't do that. So the fact that, you know, there's a Marshall Mathers Foundation in Detroit and in, 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 uh, in Michigan where, you know, everybody of all communities benefit from now is Eminem the, the 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 number one guy to help the black community no I mean he's he's put on a lot of black people that's the reality of it when when black people were blackballing 50 cent Eminem stepped in and said no I'm gonna take take on this problem and I'm gonna put him on that's like the biggest example obviously he's done a lot of different things with different artists d12 all these other different artists that he's tried to put on put you know, in eight mile movies, he's put on people locally from Detroit that he didn't have to do. Eminem, here's the thing. I don't like that Eminem catches these strays because Eminem is probably the most respectful of hip hop culture. When he had his Hall of Fame speech, he, he mentioned everybody before him and gave them props, even though some of those people on that list were disrespecting him. He still gave them props. Eminem respects the hip hop art form, has always respected it, and has never steered away from it. That's the number one thing. There are a lot of artists who are culture vultures who have just taken hip-hop at that moment to use it to benefit their career and then gone on and done something else. There have been a lot of artists that are white that do that. Why don't they get attacked? Because Eminem is one of the best, biggest, globally known, most sales, all that. We don't attack Post Malone for jumping into hip-hop, blowing up off a of hip-hop sound, going into a completely different sound. We don't attack Miley Cyrus for at one point becoming this hip-hop pop star with Mike Will made it and all this stuff, and then all of a sudden leaving it and abandoning it and never caring about it. We don't attack a lot of artists that do this shit day in and day out. Eminem stays true to hip-hop and its art form and respects everybody that came before him and even after him, even though he's got critiques of different that, he doesn't care. He's still respectful. So why does Eminem get to catch these strays? Because he's one of the best to ever do it, and it's unfortunate that his skin color gets mentioned in this situation because skin color or not, 
It's the dumbest argument ever because if skin color played a role in Eminem being big, then why wasn't these other white rappers as big? Tell me, where where are the, all these other white rappers that are supposed to be huge? Where's Paul Wall? No disrespect to Paul Wall because he has his own talent and his own ability. I fuck with Paul Wall heavy, but he never reached that that peak of Eminem. There's a lot of white rappers that never did. Mac Miller would have could have been there. I think Mac Miller had had the ability to be there, but he passed away unfortunately. Mac Miller was one of those that could have and respected the art form of hip hop, and he could have got up a lot higher. Now, could he get up to Eminem's level? Probably not, because in today's time, it's really hard to reach that type of level, especially in the social media era. But he would have been one of those very well-respected white rappers that people would have looked at and been like, "Okay, you know, he's got it. He's one of those that can that can that can do his thing in hip hop." Um, I, you know, Omar's got his own takes on things. But that that whole theory of because you're white, you can't be one of the best in a predominantly black culture makes absolutely no sense, considering there are a lot of examples opposite. Um, I just can't think off the top of my head, man. The Gordon Ramsay thing, to me, is the best example because he's gone to different cultures, critiqued their food and their culture and how they make their food and made it better. I've seen it on TV. Like, you can watch... I. I I don't know if Kitchen Nightmare is a good example, but Kitchen Nightmare is one of them where he'll 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 say, This is not how you make hummus. This hummus is oily and disgusting and you should make it like this and this. And he critiques him, he tells him. And this is a guy that's not do you think they say those people that are making the hummus, do you think they say, Oh, you're a man from the UK, you're white, you don't know our culture, you don't know how this food's made? No. Now there are sometimes people say that, but they know they're wrong. They know they're wrong when they say that. So you know that whole example. You know Joe Budden know what he Joe Budden knows what he did when he mentioned Eminem. He knew it was going to catch headlines. He knew Omar was going to go in and attack. So Joe Budden smart smart marketing on his end. I think stupid. It's a stupid point to make. There are a lot of different people in different cultures dominate doing their thing. Now, if Eminem was disrespecting hip hop, then you have a right to critique him and do all these things and say why is he helping this community? This this this. Reality is, you don't know what Eminem is doing with his money, Omar. We don't know what you're doing with your money because you haven't built a school. So you don't know what Eminem is doing with his money. How do we not know that Eminem is donating to minorities or doing whatever with his money? You don't know. That guy never spends money on fancy things. I never see that guy with, with, you know, a Ferrari. I've never seen him pull up in a Ferrari. I could be wrong, but I've never seen him with fancy things, dude. He's a regular guy, wears regular things. Um, who, how do you not like, how do you know what he's doing with his money? He could be donating helping all kinds of people behind the scenes. Maybe he just doesn't want to make it public and let everybody know that's his business. So at the end of the day, dumb, dumb conversation. I don't understand the whole Eminem white. Like, yeah, did, uh, did the whiteness play a bit of a role? Yes. But at the end of the day, is that the reason why he's one of the best selling artists in hip hop? If not the best selling, the best selling artist in hip hop. Is that the main reason? No, because there are a lot of white rappers that came and they didn't become as dominant. They didn't do as great. But what's the excuse for that? Oh, oh, Dr. Dre came and produced Eminem. That's why. No. Dude, Timbaland. Timbaland literally signed a white artist, Bubba Sparks, who, by the way, to me was dope. Signed him, tried to push him. As the next big, this is Timbaland, one of the dopest hip hop producers of all time, signed a white artist, try to push him with that cosign, and he didn't blow up to the level of Eminem. 
that tells you right there. So when people throw that Dr. Dre thing, if it wasn't for Dr. Dre, I'm gonna, no, 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 no. Because there's a perfect example of Bubba Sparks trying to blow up as big as Eminem through Timbaland producing. And it never happened. Now, Bubba Sparks got big. Booty, 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 rocking everywhere. And all these other records that he has that I enjoyed. I think he's talented as fuck, too. I like Bubba Sparks. But he never reached that Eminem level. He got compared to Eminem. But nah, Eminem is Eminem. You can't, you can't put in the brain of another white rapper Stan. Those storytelling records, Mockingbird, and all these records, and all the experience he's had. You can't drill that in something. No matter what producer you have, you can't get that out of another. That's Eminem. That's just how talented he is. That has nothing to do with his skin color. So, yeah, just interesting. Interesting, you know, thing that I always see with Eminem. It's always about skin color. I know Eminem is going to respond to this shit. You know, he's probably going to clown Omar for not actually building that school that he took donations from. I can't believe I, dude, I can't sleep. I would never be able to sleep at night taking donations from people and promising to deliver on something and not doing it. I just couldn't do it. On Patreon, I still have gifts I have to give people from the Give Richard I Trying document that came out in June that I still haven't delivered. And I have trouble. That's in my back of my mind every single day. I haven't found that fucking teddy bear. I think I even lost the Iron Man shit that I had that as a giveaway. So I need to figure that out in January. I promise you guys I will do that. But that's that's bothering me. Those are four gifts to four random people that I'm supposed to give out. $3 donations that people give me on Patreon. If I, 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 I need to give more of a value on Patreon because I feel guilty just for that. I couldn't imagine taking money from people. That's like me asking you guys to donate to me, right? I go on YouTube Live. I say, give me donations, guys. I'm trying to make this documentary. Uh, I need this money to make this documentary, right? And I tell you guys the whole plan. I say, listen, this is a, doc, a G-Unit documentary. I want to get game. I want to get banks, all this. I need $100,000 to make this documentary. Please donate for me. I get on live. I ask for donations. I say, I'm going to get it done. I have the money, $100,000. I got it. I'm going to do the doc- documentary. 10 years goes by, no documentary, nothing. I, I, you know, you guys would one fucking, you guys should never support me after that ever again, obviously, because I just stole your money for no reason. Uh, and somehow Omar still has supporters, people that donated him. He doesn't figure out the school situation, took money from people. The report is about $2 million and there's been no school. Uh, the person that lives next to school said there's been no renovations, nothing, nothing that Omar said he was going to do, did not do. He just took the money. So he needs to get critiqued for that. He needs to look at the, I, I always, there's a quote that I forget what the quote said exactly, but the, the people that do the most critiquing usually have the most that's worse about them that are hiding things. Because if you're constantly pointing your fingers at people, and this applies a lot to, I noticed this, um, in the Muslim, you know, uh, religion, I'm Muslim. So I, I notice this a lot. I see this a lot. When I, when somebody new converts to being a Muslim, they get critiqued by those strict Muslims. Oh, you're converting to, to, to being a Muslim, but you have tattoos. Oh, you drink alcohol. All this, all this, all that. And they just shame, shame, shame you. But those people that constantly shame, they probably got the darkest skeletons in their closet. Because the people that don't do bad things and that, that know that life is, you know, ups, downs, all kinds of random they, they don't critique. They don't care. They just know that you're trying to go on the right path. And that's all that matters. Those people that constantly point fingers and critique, they usually have the worst 
skeletons in their closet. And I think Omar is a perfect example of that. I think over time, there's going to be information that comes out about him more and more that shows that he was critiquing all these people of all... Dude, you're, mess, you're, me, you're mentioning Kobe Bryant's widow and talking about her money and how she should spend her dead husband's money. Are you out your fucking mind? The, uh, the utter disrespect that is. So, yeah. Uh, wild, man. I, I'm just mind blown. I, sometimes I don't even know what the fuck to say because to me it's just like, it's so disrespectful. The, especially the Kobe Bryant thing. Like the Eminem thing, okay, whatever. You, you, don't, you don't think he's the best because he's, you can't name him one, the best or one of the best because he's white. Whatever, that's your take. It's a dumb take. It's a very ignorant and stupid take. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, Eminem is definitely up there. You know, I think he should be top 10 of everybody's list. That's just my opinion. Now, people are going to say, I don't fuck with Eminem. I don't listen to his music. I don't vibe to it. He only has a few great songs. That's it. Hey, that's your opinion. I respect. I respect everybody's opinion. Hey, if you think he shouldn't be white because he's... He shouldn't be white. If you think he shouldn't be the best or one of the best because he's white, okay, that's your opinion. It's a stupid one. It's an ignorant one. But, you know, hey, everybody's got their own take. Omar, please check check your backyard before you're out here, you know, critiquing everybody else's lawn. Make sure your backyard is good because you're over here pointing fingers at people and saying what they should do with their money and their, their influence and their donations, but you never built that school. Mind you, you probably could have done 90 million other good things. But, you know, when you're talking like this, people are only going fo- to focus on the bad. So, yeah. Billboard Hot 100, let's get into it, man. Uh, Mariah Carey is still number one. She broke her own Spotify record for this song. This song just constantly breaks records when Christmas comes around. All I want for Christmas is you, number one. Uh, Rocking Around the Christmas Tree, number two. Nothing changed, by the way, in this top ten besides a little bit of songs at the end. All these songs are the same. So Rock Around Christmas Tree, number two. Jingle Bell Rock, number three. Last Christmas, number four. Holly Jolly Christmas, number five. Love and I Mean Jack Harlow, <clears throat> Industry Plant, number six. Uh, it's the Most Beautiful Time of the, the Year, number seven. Let It Snow, Let It Snow, number eight. Feliz Navidad, number nine. And Sleigh Ride, number ten. Bunch of Christmas records. I can't wait for these Christmas songs to get the fuck off this list after this. Um, going down the list, bunch of Christmas songs. Says the Snooze, number 20. Doja Cat, Paint the Town Red, number 21. Going down the list, down the list, down the list. Nicki Minaj, Uzi Vert, everybody, number 39. FTCU, Nicki Minaj, number 42. Rich Baby Daddy, Drake, number 50. First Person Shooter, Drake, number 51. Good Good Usher, number 56. I don't give a fuck, Drake, number 63. J.I.D. with 21 Savage and Baby Tate, number 61. Sorry about that. Skip that surround sound. Uh, Needle, Nicki Minaj, number 65. You Broke My Heart, Drake, number 70. Beep, beep, Nicki Minaj, number 74. 500 Pounds, Little Tech, number 75. Little Baby Crazy debuted at number 83. Uh, Lace It, Juice World, Eminem, Benny Blanco debuted at number 85. Rolling up, Lace It, Chase, dope track. Um, Great Gatsby re-entered at number 99, Rod Wave. And that's it for the Billboard Hot 100. And that's it for today's episode of the Diverse Mentality Podcast. 
like I said, not much news, but I managed to talk about a lot of different things, which I enjoyed. So hope you guys enjoyed it. Spotify, Deezer, Pocket Cast, YouTube. Remember, there will not be a new episode for Monday's episode due to New Year's. I will be back on Thursday going over my top list for 2023. And then we will be taking a little hiatus for season four. So I wanted to remind you guys, I will let you guys know on the last episode of season three that uh, when the return will be and all that. So you guys will know on the last episode of season three, which will be, let me actually get the date of when uh, that episode will be out. Let's see. So it's not going to be January 1st. So that's the episode we're skipping. So January 4th will be the last episode of season three. I will go over my year list, go over some news. It's going to be a fairly long episode, I'm assuming. So that will be last episode of season, sorry, I said season four, season three. After that, I will take a one to two week hiatus. I don't know exactly how long, depending on the news cycles and what's going on. And then we will be back with season four. And then we'll continue this again as usual. And I appreciate you guys. As always, thank you. Have an amazing night, day, whenever you're listening to this. And peace.